When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. So today we have another Q&A episode, and I love these because I love the range of questions I get that I can talk about a bunch of different topics, but it's all still in one episode. I sourced most of these questions from a Facebook Live I did, as well as a few that were emailed to me. So if you want your question on an Autism Helper podcast, I don't have to use your name. It can be totally anonymous. You can shoot me an email or a direct message or a comment on one of my social media posts, and I will try to get it in our next Q&A episode. So let's get started with our first question. Our first question comes from Facebook. I'm thinking of becoming a BCBA. What is your advice? My short answer is yes, become a BCBA. We need more of us out there. My long answer, a BCBA is a board-certified behavior analyst. It's what I am. It means that I went to grad school to get a master's in ABA and then did other specific things to be able to sit for my board exam and have the title of board-certified behavior analyst. So if someone tells you that they're a behavior therapist or a behavior tutor or they're the behavior consultant, you might want to ask them, do you have your BCBA? Because there is a really big difference between being a behavior therapist or behavior consultant and a BCBA. Nothing's wrong with being a behavior therapist, but you will know a little bit more of the background of that person if they tell you that they're a BCBA. So my background, I was a certified special education teacher, and I as many of you know, because I started this whole company out of this, 
felt lost a lot my first few years teaching because I didn't feel that my undergrad degree prepared me for everything that my job entailed. And this was before Pinterest and this was before, you know, teacher Instagrammers or anything like that. And I was really hungry for help and support and a direction. And when I started learning about ABA, I really saw that path because it was going to kind of give me the key and the answer to the behavior change that I was looking for for the students in my classroom. So I got, I didn't have my master's yet. I got my master's in ABA at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. If you already have your master's, you don't necessarily need a second master's. You will then need a specific course sequence in order to sit for the board exam. So once you have those courses, you also have to get your supervision hours. This is the big obstacle for a lot of people because it's a lot of hours. And I've been a supervisor and supervised people that are getting their hours. The process is a little bit complicated. I'm not always up on how to do the math for supervision hours. So that's something you want to think about if you're considering becoming a BCBA is that where are you getting those hours and how are you going to make sure maybe if you still have to work, you can do that at the same time. I was able to do my supervision hours in my classroom and had a BCBA come in and work with me in my class. I honestly don't know how I made that happen but it did. If you ever have that option, it was amazing because I would go to school at night, learn about all of these strategies, and then go right to work the next day and be able to apply the strategies in my classroom, plus have the BCBA come and supervise me there. So it was like this perfect circle of everything working together. So after you have your coursework, your supervision hours, then you sit for the exam. And if you've looked into becoming a BCBA or you're in the process of becoming a BCBA, the exam gets super hyped up. And it is hard, I'm not going to lie, but it's hard for a reason. We want to make sure that we keep our profession really strong and we keep the really high standards so that when you introduce yourself as a BCBA, people know that you are an expert in that area. And that's what the exam will do. So you have to sit for and pass the exam before you get this title of being a board certified behavior analyst. So all of that being said, I still think you should do it because I think there are so many ways you can utilize this career path and you don't have to work just with special needs students. There's so many areas that these strategies can be utilized. And I think that once this field starts to open up more and more, I'd love to see more BCBAs working in gen ed schools and with the gen ed caseload. Students that I supervised when I was in a supervisor role worked mostly with the gen ed population and we were overloaded with work. We had so much to do amongst teacher trainings and implementing fluency systems systems and in gen ed classrooms and setting up little behavior plans and classroom based, you know, behavior systems. It was just so amazing how much the teachers got into it. So there's just so much work to do. And then I'm not even getting to beyond the school system, but even just within the school systems, there's so much great work to do. So definitely think about it and don't be intimidated by all the work because it's worth it. Okay. Our next question is also from Facebook. It's Uh, Sasha, do you have any tips or tricks on how I can keep my staff noise level down in the classroom? I definitely understand the challenge here. 
as our caseloads get higher and higher and possibly the size of our staff getting bigger and bigger, there's a lot going on in one of our classrooms. If you run a center-based room where everyone's doing different things at the same time and you really utilize your staff as instructors in your classroom, you might have four different adults teaching different lessons at one time. Plus, many of our students might have loud, you know, louder volumes to their voices. You might have clinicians pushing in for services. It's a lot going on. And it's important for you to identify if it's too much. Because if it feels too loud or noisy or chaotic for you, then it might definitely be feeling that way for some of our students. And then some of our students, as well as our staff, might be having to speak even louder to compete. I notice this all the time myself. The louder that my classroom got, the louder I got, the louder everyone else got. We were just all trying to talk over each other. So I think the first step here is to identify what type of noise is going on. So is it instruction? Are, te- are your paraprofessionals implementing your academic programs, implementing behavior plans? Are they socializing with students in a productive, communicative way? So you want to know if it's like teaching talk or is it like stuff talk? Like, is it chatter? Are your paraprofessionals talking about what happened on Real Housewives yesterday? Is the speech pathologist chatting with her intern about, um, you know, her courses that she's taking? So the unnecessary chatter, I would definitely address immediately. And you might not be able to be indirect here. You being quiet or talking in a lower volume, people might not pick up on that indirect cue. So I think that you can directly ask people to, you know, kind of keep that chatter for lunch break, for after school in a polite, respectful way that isn't going to hurt anyone's feelings. I think we sometimes avoid being direct because we don't want to be mean, but you can be direct in a nice way. I'm not asking you to stand up suddenly in the middle of the school day and telling everyone to shut the F up. That is not what I'm saying. But I think, you know, after a lesson or a morning being like, hey, you know, Miss Thomas, it was getting really loud this morning and it was really hard for Johnny to pay attention to my reading lesson. And I know, you know, you and Miss Sarah are great friends, but could you try to chat about whatever you were talking about at lunchtime? Because, you know, we I know that you are really here for the kids and we want the best for our students. So I just want to make sure all of our kids get, you know, as much as they can. So bring it back to your community values. What's important to your team? If you did that team mission statement that I've talked a lot about, call it back to that. You know, when we did our team mission statement, Miss Thomas, you said student, you know, academic growth is really important to you. And that's how we're going to get there. So bring it back to what roots your team as opposed to just calling someone out. So on the other hand, if most of the instruction and the verbal, you know, noise that's going on is academic related, you just have a lot of loud teachers going on, you might be part of the problem too. So sit down with your staff and make it a team issue, not a person issue and be like, guys, I am part of the problem too. Can we all figure out ways to, you know, do our centers a little bit more quietly or provide less verbal prompts when appropriate because it's getting really loud. And again, tie back to those core values, your team values. It's hard for so-and-so to pay attention. And I noticed, you know, this other student's behavior was starting to escalate because the noise was bothering him. So make it this team thing. How can we work together? Is there a way we can rearrange the classroom to muffle some noise or stagger our schedule? 
schedule a little bit so two heavy hitting academic centers aren't going on at the same time and competing. So get to the root of the issue and then address it. Don't think that ignoring it, hoping that it goes away or doing, you know, those kind of indirect cues are going to help because they might not be. And in the meantime, you're likely getting more and more frustrated and eventually you don't want to blow up over what seems like nothing. So definitely address it in that kind and respectful way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next question, what are your tips for a successful field trip? First off, bravo to you for going on a field trip. I'm going to take this question in a different direction first off, but I will get to the original question in a minute because this made me think of something. So I think sometimes we avoid field trips because they seem complicated, they seem messy, they seem like there's a potential for things to go wrong, which yes, All of those things are true, but that doesn't mean we should avoid it because there are so many great learning opportunities for our kids on field trips, from experiencing something new to generalizing the skills you learn to having the chance to be included with their gen ed peers. We should not be avoiding the field trips. We should be jumping on board. There's a lot of logistical challenges with field trips. I was recently at the Rights Law Conference and they were talking about kids being excluded from field trips and the legality of that. And really, I'm going to link in the show notes a few articles from the Rights Law website. And, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so don't quote me on this. But he talked a lot about how, you know, not including students with special needs or students with IEPs on field trips because of staffing issue or a transportation issue, like there's not a bus that can accommodate a wheelchair really is discrimination and is not legal. So that might mean that you have to be that pain in the butt teacher that no one's gonna frankly like right now because you're causing problems, but go ahead, cause those problems. Be that teacher that sticks up for your kids and says, no, this is not right. We have to get a bus you know, that is wheelchair accessible or we have to get enough staff so it's safe for my kids to come. And stand up for your students because- Right now, you're the one that needs to stand up for them and go to that gen ed teacher and be like, hey, fourth grade teacher, I heard you're going on this awesome field trip. Guess what? I teach fourth graders. I can't wait to come with. Yeah, she'll look surprised, but it'll be great. And take on that challenge. So the second part of this question, or really the only part of this question that I avoided answering at first, what are your tips for a successful field trip? So planning, 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 and more planning. If you feel like you've overplanned, that's where you should leave. That that's where you've done enough. So really think through 
all of those, you know, potential what ifs and plan for them. You know, bring that big old backpack like you had in high school and fill it with reinforcers and waiting toys and extra snacks and everything you could possibly think of that you might need. Then prepare your student. Have a social story. Have a mini schedule. Bring visuals. Everything that your student uses in your classroom to thrive and succeed, bring those tools with you. I know it seems like a lot of work to make a mini visual schedule just for one day, but with BoardMaker Online or frankly just with Google Images, you can create those things really quickly and that might be the make or break between a successful field trip and an unsuccessful field trip. So take those steps to make those materials and have them. Make sure you have enough staff. I am like the most paranoid mama duck on a field trip and I probably count students, like I would say 500 times. Like it's excessive, but like that's where I want to be. So count, count, count. Make sure you have more than enough staff where you feel comfortable. Really um, communicate that to your administrators on what level of staff support you need. And don't feel bad for asking for more support because you should need more support. Just because you have two aides in the classroom where everything is familiar and controlled and contained doesn't mean that two aides are going to be enough for a field trip to the zoo. So really think about advocating for yourself and your and your classroom and asking for enough staff where everyone can safely participate. Okay. What strategies do you suggest for working with a student who takes off their clothes in class? This is a fun one. There's no planned ignoring for naked kids running around the classroom, right? So I'm going to give my kind of textbook response to this because I have to. You have to figure out the why. Every behavior is to communicate something. So what is this behavior communicating? Because you better believe if someone's ripping off all their clothes, they are trying to communicate something in a really loud way. So you have to do your functional behavior assessment. You want to take that really thorough ABC data, looking at the antecedent, what happens before a behavior, the consequence, what happens after the behavior, and trying to figure out a pattern. So when you take ABC data, you're trying to figure out a pattern and you're trying to make a hypothesis, a best guess. You're never going to know the exact reason. If you're like, hey, I think this is attention, Johnny's not going to be like, you're right, Miss Sasha, you got it. This is an attention-maintained behavior. No, you're making your best guess. So you take all of that ABC data and do that FBA so you can make an informed hypothesis and decide what this behavior is most likely trying to communicate. And you have to start there. If you miss that step, you are less likely to select an intervention that is successful because your intervention needs to be function-based, meaning you need to know the function when you're setting up your intervention. You need to set up a specific strategy that will help remove whatever is causing that negative behavior to be there and then teach your student a new positive way to get to that same reinforcer. So if you miss the whole first step, you're going to be lost. And you might be a selecting a strategy that actually could make the behavior worse. So for example, if the behavior of taking off clothes you thought was to get attention, so you maybe you started ignoring it, 
Well, the student didn't want attention. They actually just wanted to get out of work. And by you ignoring them, they got to hang out in the break area totally naked and have tons of fun, and it was great. So whenever Johnny didn't want to do any work, he ripped off all his clothes and went to the break area because people ignored him. And you thought you were doing this great planned ignoring procedure and removing attention, but really you were giving Johnny exactly what he wanted and giving him a break from work. So that behavior continued. So what you were doing was actually making it worse. So in situations like this where there is an extreme behavior, something that, you know, is potentially disruptive, really disruptive to the class or very stigmatizing to the student, I would definitely, if you are a classroom teacher, call in your district's BCBA if you have one or someone that has experience in this area because these behaviors are tricky when we get to kind of these more extreme behaviors. So definitely if you are not knowledgeable in the area of ABA, consult someone who is that can help you conduct that thorough FBA to get started so you'll be on the right track. Only on a special ed podcast could I cover grad school, naked kids, field trips, and staff chatting about Real Housewives in one episode, and it's somehow cohesive. So I hope you enjoyed those four questions um, from our last kind of call out for Q&A questions. If you are interested in having your question on the podcast, please drop us a line and we will be sure to add it to our list for our next episode. If you've been enjoying the podcast, I'd love you to leave a review or subscribe. That way you'll get to hear um, our episodes every week when they come out, and I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks for listening. Did you know that two out of three teachers turn to Teachers Pay Teachers for educational resources? As a seller on TPT, this makes me so excited. I love seeing educators turn to other educators for support in their classrooms. There are so many great resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, and this could be made even better if we could involve school budgets in this process. Enter TPT for Schools. TPT for Schools makes it easy for administrators and teachers to collaborate when making curricular decisions. TPT helps you set up a way of using school funds for these resources. This is a new program and there's already over 5,000 schools registered. In the special ed world, this is even more important because we don't have that many resources and the resources that are provided for us might not be so appropriate for our class. To learn more about TPT for Schools, visit schools.teacherspayteachers.com. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.